Hey everybody, how you doing? Coach here. Hey, coming at you now, just a stone's throw away from spring. Here we are in the beginning of March. Daylight savings time is going to be kicking in really soon. And man, you can just feel spring at the doorstep coming up. Hey, this week we are discussing what compatibility, compatibility means and how we apply this term to our landscape efforts. Pretty important stuff. As in so many other facets of our lives, this compatibility is very important. It is a cost-saving effort when done correctly. It ensures longevity of your landscape and allows for landscape success, which was rooted in this compatible theory. Here we go. Glad you joined me. Hey, you know something? Take a minute. Take a minute and consider subscribing, especially on the YouTube channel, and drop me a comment. In this day and age, quality, free landscape advice is rare, if you don't mind me saying so. So show the love and help my channel out just a little bit. Subscribing, liking, and maybe even dropping a comment. Here we go. Man, I'm glad you're here. I'm feeling a lot better too, just to let you know. Hey, I'm Matt, you can call me coach. Every Friday I bring with me landscape DIY education, concepts and theories, ideas and solutions, so you guys can go out and tackle a landscape project yourself, get professional results, save a whole lot of money in the process, and in this day and age, be a lot more self-reliant. Man, after a 20 plus year career in the green industry, I'm bringing with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I wanna share with you guys the new, modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. Hey, you know, compatibility weaves its way through so much of our lives. Think about it a minute. The word may come in different forms, but basically it means the same thing. Getting along. Getting along is a good start. Compatibility. You know, in the human world, you know, compatibility draws us to people, places, and things we are most comfortable with, in, and having, I guess. In the natural world, natural world, ma nature, <laughs> I mean, old ma nature has developed compatibility all over this blue marble we call Earth. You don't see, any longer anyway, palm trees growing in Alaska. Much like certain species that don't live where they cannot survive because she has assured that there is a certain compatibility with everything in its specific ecosystem. Well, in the ornamental plant world, this whole compatibility runs tried and true. I will break this down for you a little bit into a few realms that can be easily understood. First, we address the environmental compatibility, which is, seems kind of obvious, but you know, we don't give it a lot of thought sometimes if this is not our vocation or our genre of study or something we are really interested in. Environmental compatibility of the landscape we have or the landscape we are going to create or have already created maybe now most trained and educated landscape designers will, or at least should, have a good grasp about compatibility throughout a client's project and a client's landscape in general. And so should you, which you are getting right here, right now, 
for free, I might add. What is environmental compatibility? What is that angle? Well, let's discuss that just a little bit. Here we go. You can probably pick up on some of it. Let's just run down some short versions, shall we? For the sake of time. Sun, shade, USDA zone or a growing type of zone, wind, snow, rain, soils, animals from mostly the wild side, and your developed surroundings like your neighborhood because a neighborhood will create its own environmental compatibility. We always kind of strive to use, group, and plan plants that will thrive together. And this is not something that's just temporary. This is, this is really 12 months out of the year. You know, for example, we won't take a, uh, I don't know, let, let's use a, a real off-angle analogy here. How about taking a, a split-leaf philodendron and use it in full sun on a windy prevailing side of the house in the environment of the plains of Nebraska. How about that? Probably not gonna be very compatible, don't you think? Or how about this one? How about taking a, the ground cover emerald manzanita and placing it in a warm, moist, tropical environment, wet soils, shady environment? Chances are, just ain't gonna work, period. It's not gonna. It's gonna last about a whole whopping two months and it's gonna go, I'm out, see ya, bye. And it's just gonna rot out. Now here's another angle for compatibility. And chances are you have actually laid eyes on this one as well. The wrong side of this form of compatibility anyway. Lack of compatibility regarding size of plant selection versus area that is supposed to be going into. Take for instance a small foundation bed and folks will get plants that will grossly outgrow the space and therefore way out of bounds for the compatibility versus the area intended. Other compatibility issues form when you tear out a bigger bed and we choose plants we think look good Man, I really like the way this plant looks. But you don't do enough research on mature size. And then one plant, one plant grows much faster, much larger, and eventually bullies the other plants, causing the, the bully plant to be overgrown and shading out and eventually killing the smaller plants. Now, here's a for instance. How about redwood trees? Redwood trees out on the west coast and the northwest good for shade, great for vertical interest, and an evergreen wonder to say the least. Absolutely, absolutely they are. But they don't need to be placed in small, narrow areas that I saw so many times when I was practicing landscaping. Because people got them because they were relatively cheap. They were fast growing. They were evergreen, so they stayed green year round for the folks. But what those beautiful trees can do to patios, walkways, driveways, and even house foundations are horrific. Not a compatibility there in these applications. Same goes for palms. You know, I have seen palms both intentionally planted and then some that are volunteered right next to the foundation of a home which have intense, you know, most palms have an intensely dense root system. 
and are an absolute nightmare, absolute nightmare to remove completely if it becomes mature. Yeah, you can get a tree company to take it down, but oh my God, but putting a stump grinder to something like that so close to the foundation, what a horrific nightmare that would be. So doing some due diligence in the planning phase in regards to the compatible plant material with an eye to longevity is extremely important. If you're doing this, if you're doing this task yourself, man, and even if you've brought in a designer or a contractor, make sure that the plants that they have suggested or recommended will fit mature sizes. Check those things out. Make sure that, you know, they're compatible for where they, they're going to be placed. Sun versus shade, wind versus snow versus cold versus heat versus water compatibility and water needs. Now, like I have alluded to in the past episodes, small, narrow beds, <laughs> if you can get away from it, if you have enough space, small, narrow beds are out. They're just not a fashion statement whatsoever in this day and age. But if you have the space to have at least a four foot wide bed, if not wider, you will look for plant material that will handle the environment, the size of the bed, and the water needs so that they're all congruent. It takes a little research and you should definitely, definitely, if you can't get it, your head wrapped around it, engage the services of your local nursery professionals. You know, and once they give you that information and they've really educated you, God's sakes, don't be a drip and go walking off to some box store or Walmart or something like that to save a whopping 20 bucks. Those people gave you a hundred bucks in mental education. Do the favor and at least spend your money there. In a bed such this size, maybe a, a, a two-tiered bed, I call them, can handle small, maybe two by two plants or really narrow three by three plants with small perennials fronting the bed. And, that, and that's about it. Allow yourself some space between plant material. Avoid the temptation that I saw many contractors get lured into for customer satisfaction. And that is avoid the temptation to overplant for the full effect that you gain initially. But later on, you're pulling things out or things are dying because there's just too much competition and things are overgrown. Like plants with like needs, with compatible sizes that like the same sun shade requirements and the same or near same water needs is paramount when you're starting to do a plant layout. It really is. Same goes for irrigation compatibility. A lot of times, not so much in the, the modern era, but many years, many, many years, and I'm talking 40, 50 plus years ago, it was kind of common to put in an irrigation system with old galvanized pipe, put on some uh, impact heads, and the damn thing, the system would just water everything. It would water the lawn, it would water the beds, it would water part of the deck, it would, yeah, it wasn't well thought out. But that overspraying turf water requirements just to water the planting beds nearby is really poor irrigation planning and should really be avoided. Basically what it does, it creates a really shallow, shallow root system for plants that intended to have roots that went, you know, 12, 18 inches deep. And now they're only four inches deep because that's where all the water is. And those plants were really meant to have much more deeper, more stable root systems because that's how they grow naturally. 
considering these compatibility requirements can really give you a big leg up on landscape success and later landscape longevity, maintenance reduction in the form of you don't have to butcher, shear, and prune all the time to keep those overgrown plants in that dinky little foundation bed, or better known as making a square plant fit in a round space. It just doesn't work. You're always gonna be fighting it. So, like I've said in many clients before and any education that I've dispensed is work with Ma Nature and stop fighting her. Your landscape will be so much easier to care for will give you that checkbox of landscape success and you will see the ease, the ease of care, maintenance, and survivability and longevity that comes from picking out those right congruent compatible plant material. So remember, environmental compatibility is only one element. Go the extra step and remember that other elements like size, especially mature size, bed size, Check on root manners and avoid small areas with huge root systems. For instance, I saw on Reddit not too long ago, and I've seen a hundred times, people say, privacy screen, oh, I, I would just put in bamboo. You know, you have to think it out just a little bit because there are some downsides to selections such as that. You know, many years ago, and now I think it's like oh, 40 years ago, there was an old adage by a man in Los Angeles and it was in desperate times back then. And that man said, can't we just all get along? You know, big words spoken years ago and can be applied to our landscape plant selections in this day and age. Wrong selections can result in a bad look or even property damage, much more maintenance than maybe we tend to want to get involved in because we've put the wrong plant in the wrong place. Think about it just a little bit. It's not really difficult just to spend an extra let's just say an extra half a day, a half a day and compare some of the, the local plants that your nursery carries to the area that you're gonna be placing them in and what kind of look you're trying to achieve without overdoing it. It's really hard. Hey, I am always here to lend a little bit of advice. You know, you can always email me at youryardcoach at gmail.com if you have a question, but that, compatibility in your landscape, a great leg up on landscape success. So that's what I have for you guys this week. If you're still with me, which I certainly hope you are, you always get a little lesson from the start to the finish of every single episode that I do. I hope you're still with me and you are able to help out the channel by doing me a favor, subscribing, drop a like if this is the YouTube and not the podcast. Believe me, it really helps the algorithm and allows my channel to grow. Hey guys, as always, to your landscape success. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Don't forget the website at youryardcoach.com. Always got the freebie giveaway. And help out the channel just a little bit by dropping an old Jackson on the, the ebook that I have. And if you're really new and you really want to learn a lot and be able to do this with a lot of confidence, take a swing at that Homescape 1.0. I would really appreciate it. Great digital course for you. Thanks again and take care. Hey, this is Coach saying bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Yard Coach podcast. Don't forget to head over to the website at youryardcoach.com where you will find more DIY landscape education, including the free 15-step DIY landscape checklist, 
Coach Matt's ebook called Landscaping Simplified and the flagship digital course, Homescape 1.0. As always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email Coach Matt directly at youryardcoach at gmail.com. We'll see you right here next week.